and welcome in to those of you just joining us in the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network all throughout the great state. Whether it's our friends over there at WVRQ in Viroqua, WMAM up there, Menominee, Marinette. Always appreciated. Uh, thanks to our friends at WDUZ and everybody listening to us up in Green Bay and the Fox Valley and all throughout that area that listen to us each and every day. We certainly appreciate that. And uh, our friends at 920, the big 920 down in Milwaukee as well. And thanks to everybody in the Milwaukee area for listening. And the Milwaukee area needs to continue to spread the word. We've been on over a year, and uh, just the other day I had a guy come up and said, you know what, where are you at? I haven't heard from you in a couple of years. I'm like, I've been here every day, dude. Just keep searching. Oh, okay. I said, tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. So can't do it without you. Um, 877-867-1670. I I went through, uh, I started reading this morning. I was um, reading Yahoo Sports, as I do. Uh, I, I really like Yahoo Sports. It's just a different look at a lot of stuff. And um, the power rankings came out. And, I, you know, as I thought, you know, there would be some that we may not necessarily agree with, right? So you tell me if you think you would agree with this. Uh, and I'm going to go backwards, okay? Uh, 32 is the Rams. 31 is the Texans. Um, both of which weren't very good last year aren't going to be very good. They're, you know, I mean, Matthew Stafford, even if he comes back and plays extremely well, they're still somewhat locked. Uh, you got Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray signs that big deal, gets the coach fired, the franchise totally up in the air. And they, they've they got Kyler Murray, who tore his ACL with a $230 million contract and really has done nothing in the NFL. He's put up some good numbers through half a season, but that's about it. So he's, he's, in my opinion, kind of a scrub until he proves himself. 29th, the loss to Vegas Raiders. The Raiders, not much going on there, which I, I thought was a little low for them. Same thing with the next one, the New England Patriots. Now, you know, they, they said, look, it's just not a very talented football team with a lot of proven guys. They actually love their draft, but they said that, look, you, you can find more than a handful of starters maybe down the line with this group. Uh, but the season's going to come down to whether or not the franchise can even get Mac Jones to be figured out as whether or not he's the long-term deal or not. So you just don't know. So that's the reason they have him there. You've got to the Atlanta Falcons at 27, which is pretty much to be expected because Atlanta's, you know, with Ritter coming on as the quarterback, not a very good football team. Tampa Bay, their quarterback situation, we know. No more Tom Brady. They kind of tore it down. This was a little bit, uh, I thought, low for this team as well. The Chicago Bears, they said, quote, we like the direction Chicago's headed in. This upcoming season's going to give the team more em- empirical evidence as to whether or not they feel Justin Fields is a long-term answer, a quarterback. After snagging Chase Claypool via a trade, the team also went out and got D.J. Moore in a deal which ultimately netted the Panthers' Bryce Young. Now, the offensive line also looks to be in better shape this year after uh, taking Darnell Wright, number 10, out of Tennessee. He's arguably the most physical and gifted offensive lineman in the uh, draft this year. Tremaine Edwins, uh, T.J. Edwards were also brought in on expensive deals to kind of shore up that linebacker group in terms of the best-case scenario hovering uh, somewhere towards the 500 mark would be nice for this team. Hovering towards 500 would be nice. With remaining cap space and other assets, the Bears just aren't too far away from actually being a contender in their division. But it's a great big wait and see. So Chicago coming in at number five, or number 25. 
I still thought that was a little bit low. Washington was rated ahead of them, and I think Washington stinks at 24. Tennessee rated at 23 because of skill position. It, it's it's got to be better. The whole group has to be better. Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips, both had injuries last year, so we'll see what happens down there in Tennessee. Indianapolis comes in ahead of Tennessee. Some newfound optimism in Indy after they got Anthony Richardson at the quarterback position. But I don't know if – I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So in number 21, Green Bay. So we could look back and realize Green Bay was ranked far too low in this piece. But the looming departure of Aaron Rodgers finally came to fruition, and now Jordan Love assumes the role as the team's guy while Rodgers still has the superior talent. The whole distraction and circus of his status suddenly has been erased. And that may be exactly what this team needs to reach a new level. The pressure and the expectations have lowered despite this team having quite a bit of talent. Aaron Jones, still very credible. The projected starting defense alone has upwards of seven uh, uh, to eight first-round picks, including uh, Kenny Clark and company. Uh, The receivers are a work in progress, though. The team is quite excited about Christian Watson and Jaden Reed. uh, Taking uh, tight end Luke Musgrave, also a very talented guy. They said, keep an eye on this team because we may have ranked them too low. Green Bay coming in at number 21. Carolina with Bryce Young at number 20 now on that list. Um, And, you know, they don't really feel like Carolina's going to take a huge advantage step forward. New Orleans uh, Orleans at 19 on this list. Denver at 18, which I found interesting. I mean, they're giving them some more credit just because Sean Payton's walking through the door. Minnesota. At number 17, they say the Vikings are, by the way, just okay. Nothing more, nothing less. Thielen left for Carolina. Eric Kendricks bolted to the Chargers. Marcus Davenport came over from the Saints, but the offense still boasts Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. In addition to the first-round pick, Jordan Addison. Uh, They love the potential of Addison within the scheme, as we all know. And they said, don't be shocked if, if, you know, he also blows up and becomes a star. However, the rest of the roster is merely average. The depth isn't great, and the team's going to be relying upon a quarterback who is no world beater and doesn't win in the postseason. Uh, 100% true. Ahead of them is Cleveland. I think Cleveland's ranked too high, to be honest with you, even though they did get Zedaria Smith. Pittsburgh, number 15. They always just seem to be there, so I'm not even going to worry about Pittsburgh. Then comes the Detroit Lions. They said, we need to pump the brakes. Until the Lions break through and make the playoffs, we should be exercising caution. The hype surrounding this team is considerable this year. I agree with all of that. And those in Detroit, maybe Detroit, other than the fact that you live in Detroit, maybe this will give you a little bit of optimism to say, maybe I should stay in Detroit. Okay, it won't. But nevertheless, you get what I'm saying. Uh, but they said, look, until they win the NFC North, until they find their way into the postseason, you got to pump the brakes. However, with the increasing expectations come newfound pressure. Newfound pressure uh, and they said, can this group withstand pressure and just get to the postseason? We're going to see. Uh, the additions of Sam Sutton or Cam Sutton, Chauncey uh, Gardner-Johnson, Emmanuel Mosley, all rebuilt that second. And the secondary was one of the things that was killing this team continuously. But they rebuilt that. Aiden Hutchinson hasn't yet scratched the surface of his potential, and the Lions are elated 
over the uh, former uh, twosome from Alabama, the wide receiver Jamison Williams, newly drafted running back Jameer Gibbs. They feel like they're they're ready to go. They feel like they they feel the optimism, but the the attitude there is pump the brakes. Miami comes in at number thirteen because of the question marks with Tua. The Giants come in at number twelve, uh, and they're trying to take that next step and uh, be a real threat to Dallas and Philadelphia. We'll see if they can actually do that with Daniel Jones and if he can have another semi-successful year. The Chargers at number eleven. Can Justin Herbert take the next step? Wonderfully talented player, no doubt about it. But they have been left, as we've all talked about. We talked about this yesterday. You still, you're like, is is the ceiling really, really high for Justin Herbert, or is he kind of there? And is it him, or is it play calling? I mean, so we'll see. They went out and got Quentin Johnston uh, in the first round, the TCU wide receiver, to try to help him a little bit. We'll see how that ends up playing out. Baltimore at number ten. And, uh, you know, re-signing uh, Lamar Jackson, we'll see if he's 100% in, 100% happy, getting Odell Beckham Jr., you know, symbiotic, kumbaya, all that kind of stuff over there in Baltimore because they want to make a real run at Cincinnati in the AFC North. Jacksonville at number nine. The Jaguars getting a lot of hype. Uh, Vegas protect, uh, projects them to be a team potentially to win north of nine games, 10-plus, on paper. Surely a good team on the rise. We'll wait and see. Uh, obviously, we all like Doug Peterson as the head coach over there, so hang in there. Then comes the skyrocketing New York Jets, and I don't want to go too deep into it, but the Jets obviously getting Aaron Rodgers puts them near the top. Dallas at number seven I find interesting. Dallas at seven. San Francisco at six. Now, they're waiting to see if Brock Purdy's going to come back. Trey Lance, they're hoping, is going to be back. They picked up Sam Darnold. But most feel like Trey Lance may end up being the, the third string on, uh, guy on this team if, if Brock Purdy can come back and play. Buffalo at number five? Okay. You know, we'll see what happens with Buffalo. Buffalo at number five. We'll see if they're able to kind of pick up where they left off and extend that. But number four is Cincinnati. They're waiting to find out. There's a lot of talk right now. Uh, ben, we were talking about the contract possibility for Joe Burrow yesterday. Did you read this morning that Joe Burrow, uh, they're not asking for the moon. They want a team-friendly deal with a guarantee that they'll spend the money on free agents and to bolster the offensive line and put players around Joe Burrow. In other words, Joe Burrow is going to pull a Tom Brady and say, I don't need all the money in the world. I just need protection, and I want to win championships. How about that? Did you read that? No, but what a novel idea. Right? What a novel idea. Wouldn't that yeah. have been great? Yep. Joe Burrow, truly one of the better signal callers in the NFL. Arm strength, moxie, intelligence, all that kind of stuff. But coming down to the wire on his uh, contract extension is he's going to be going into that, that, that fourth year. They want to get this deal done. And there was a lot of talk coming out of Cincinnati. Uh, I was texting back and forth with our buddy Mo Egger. And I said, hey, what is – after you and I got off the air yesterday, I said, what is the likelihood that we're looking at something like 10 years – $500 million. And he said, Joe said no. And I said, what? And he said, Joe said no. He wants to be a, he wants to make it a team friendly deal because he wants pieces around him to win a championship. I'm like, oh, there's a novel idea. Just like you said, I said, so in other words, a Tom Brady deal. He said, kind of, uh, now here's the one that I kind of raised an eyebrow at coming in at number three. If you think of the teams I haven't mentioned yet, I haven't mentioned Philly, haven't mentioned Kansas city. 
The third best team they feel in the National Football League is. Do you, do you know who I haven't mentioned yet, Ben? I don't, to be completely honest. Seattle. Seattle. Now, admittedly, they say, quote, we might be too bullish on Seattle. However, there's a lot to like about the roster. They had arguably arguably one of the best drafts of any team, nabbing the number one corner, uh, Devon Witherspoon, along with a legit wide receiver in Jigba, which is true, and it pains me. The running back, uh, Charbonnet, Zach Charbonnet, uh, the dream scenario for the Seahawks, they've uh, the Geno Smith, if he can replicate, duplicate, do what he did from last year. On paper, this is a team they say certainly has the ability to be within the uh, top spot of the NFC. Seattle should be jockeying with San Francisco for the NFC West crown, they say, all year long. And then it goes the rest of the way, you know, Philadelphia at number two, and then obviously, uh, you know, Kansas City at uh, – at number one. How about that? Seattle at number three. Seattle at number three. Uh, yeah, it goes back to uh, when I was talking about that. Cincinnati Bengals under Mike Brown praised the long-term contract extension signed by the Kansas City Chiefs when Patrick Mahomes uh, was there. And the tidal wave of eyeballs rolled across the ranks of agents and NFL Players Association because, uh, of course, Brown loved the Mahomes deal. Not only was the length of the extension significantly team-friendly, giving Kansas City a staggering 10 years, but it also put Mahomes' average annual salary at a very manageable $45 million per season. So now they're saying, um, you know, that uh, that Joe Burrow um, could possibly go in some type of direction like that, but very team-friendly. Burrow last July, when he was just staring down the reality of uh, that is, you know, that he could possibly carve out the avenue of a superstar status, they started talking, and Burrow said the other day that he kind of wants to keep it between him, the agents, and, and the team. He doesn't want to discuss the numbers or anything like that out in public. Kudos to him. Very mature. Did you, did you ever notice that about Joe Burrow? Very mature for uh, for a young quarterback in this league. Uh, but said that, you know, I want to do what's best. For, he said, quote, I want to do what's best for the team and for me. I'm here to win championships. Championships. We all make money, but I want to win. Man, can you imagine if Rodgers said that in Green Bay a couple of years back? Can you imagine if he said, hey, look, I just want to do what's best for the team, and I want to win championships. That's all it's all about. It doesn't mention MVPs, doesn't mention anything else, just says, I want to win championships. Let's do what's best for the team. We would, we would today be screaming, why in the world did you get rid of Aaron Rodgers? But there you go. The power rankings, probably a little off, too early to really tell. But uh, a couple of things. They believe that Seattle had a really good draft. Seattle's got a lot of talent. They could be challenging San Francisco for the top spot with their quarterback controversy, or if you want to call it that, or you know who is going to be the quarterback. And then obviously some of the other teams and some of the other additions as to where these teams are. But good stuff. So you've heard from Joe Barry. You have heard from Stenovich. Now the power rankings are out. I'm going to open up the phone lines. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Again, 877-867-1670. Phone lines are wide open. I want to get your take on this. You can hit us up over on the live stream. You can find me on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels. Plenty of ways to get a hold of the program. Now that you've heard it all, I want to break it down and get your opinion on all of this because I find it fascinating.
Fascinating. Early on, and they haven't even suited up yet or put a pad on. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. And uh, Quick Trip has so many good things. But if you are on the go, if you have that on-the-go lifestyle and you need something and you're going, hey, I got to eat, the kids got to eat, the the girlfriend, the wife, whatever has to eat, you got to get it, you got to get it now, stop in a Quick Trip. They have great takeout meals. And apparently, now I am uh, going to try this, but uh, I had a a buddy of mine who uh, I see down in Nice Ash all the time, a guy named uh, Mark. Uh, Mark said to me, um, I guess about a week ago, he said, man, I stopped off at Quick Trip and I grabbed one of those uh, buffalo chicken or barbecue chicken mac and cheeses. He said, oh, my God, it's the best I've ever had. So if you're a mac and cheese fan, go in and grab it. Let me know uh, if it's worth getting. It's not necessarily uh, in the realm of my diet, but I'll, I'll break the diet for something good like that. So if you're looking for take-home meals, if you're looking for pizzas, if you're looking for hot food in the morning to get you going, if you're looking for great coffee, the Karuba coffee's there, if you're looking to just run in and get a snack, or maybe bake goods for the kids on an early Saturday morning as they wake up and race to the TV only to turn it on and do Xbox, whatever it happens to be, check out our friends at Quick Trip. And always, always use your Quick Rewards card. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Enjoying your day. Certainly appreciate you being here. Bill Michael Show. Continuing on, moving into the next hour, and our guy from the Green Bay Press Gazette now joining us. That is Pete Doherty. Pete, how you been, pal? Appreciate you joining us. Uh, doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm I'm feeling good. Uh, the off season has so far been pretty good to us. I can't complain too much. But uh, now it's just a weird year, isn't it? It's just. It's different. Uh, no Rodgers. You start to walk into that locker room. You look off to your right. Uh, it's not there anymore. And now it's the Jordan Love Show. So as all things are equal and as we stand here today, you tell me, what, what do you make of this team thus far? It is, yeah, it is so different. Um, it just, uh, it's kind of been Groundhog's Day for the last decade, basically, right? With these guys, you know, it's kind of the same same thing every year to one degree or another. Uh, I don't know what to make of them other than they're going to be super young. Um, they've added some, what appears to be some talent from this last draft with all those uh, higher picks. And I'm just really curious to see how this offense looks, you know, obviously with the new quarterback and all these young receivers and tight ends. The, uh, the Let's start with the offense. Jordan Love, obviously, he's an X factor, but... It's a veteran offensive line. It's veteran, you know, you know, backfield. But with the tight ends and the wide receivers you had mentioned, do you think they've got enough uh, there to consistently move the football? And then how incumbent is it upon Joe, uh, Matt LaFleur to put all of these guys in one to a rhythm and two in the right positions at the right place at the right time to be consistent and have success? Yeah, I would think they have enough unless they just missed really badly on you know, all those uh, second, third-round picks in this draft. I mean, 
you know, Watson and Dobbs, <clears throat> that's a really good starting point, I think, for receiving. I mean, Watson was a difference maker once he got healthy last year as a rookie. And Dobbs just, he looked pretty good from, you know, the first day of training camp. And, you know, I, he's, he comes across, I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to him or not or just observe him, but and when he would have a bad day in camp uh, last year, he would just, he would sit at his locker. He would be so down, you would have thought he just lost the Super Bowl. You know, I think he takes his craft really seriously and wants to be good, which is a good sign. So I think those guys are two, is a really good starting point as long as they stay healthy for a receiving core. Uh, I would assume it's going to be really up and down. You know, there's going to be some plays with these younger guys where it looks really good, and then there's going to be some really bad mistakes where guys don't know what they're doing or they misread each other. And so, I, you know, I still have to think Love is going to throw his share of interceptions and have his strip sacks, uh, fumbles, and all that stuff. But, um, you know, it, it, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. And, you know, we'll I guess we'll find out in the next year you know, did Brian Gutekunst make the? Did he evaluate properly? And when he traded to pick, uh, traded up to pick Jordan Love. So uh, now that we've got pretty much all of that offense set, and we know there's some depth, we do they need a veteran wide receiver? We were talking about this yesterday. There's some speculation about them maybe getting a quarterback, maybe getting a veteran wideout. What do you think they need more, in your opinion? If I were them, I'd rather have the veteran quarterback, especially, you know, you know, with Rodgers, they drafted two quarterbacks that, that first year. He was going to be a starter, Brom and uh, Flynn. Um, so, you know, I could kind of see not add, adding a veteran there, but, you know, all they've got is, you know, the late pick and um, undrafted guy. So if I were them, I'd rather have the veteran quarterback just as a calming presence, you know, and somebody to, def- to befriend love. And to help him along, it I think it helps to have a, a player who's been through it and can kind of help coach him as well as, you know, a coach who's, what, 40 years older than he is. So I'd, I'd rather have um, the, the, the backup quarterback. They don't have much money to work with, so I don't even know if there's enough money for, for both of those to bring in a veteran receiver, too. But um, I'd be okay just throwing all those young receivers out there if I were them. You know, um uh, we were talking about this yesterday and whether or not the importance of a veteran wide receiver is even necessary or a veteran quarterback. Because if you lose love, your your seasons, for the most part, you would assume is pretty much down the tubes anyway. I can't believe I'm saying that because if you do bring in a veteran quarterback who maybe plays better than, you know, I don't want to say the rookie, but the guy getting his first real start under center, I, I, I can understand the logic there. I, I guess... Do you need another vet to help these young guys wide receiver wise to, cause you don't have to really get on the same page with Jordan love. Cause there is no page. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm sure like, you know, if they had their druthers, yeah, they'd, I think you would want to have one veteran in there. Just to, just a guy, even if he's the, you know, the fifth or sixth guy or seventh guy, just to show guys, you know, what it takes to be a pro, how to practice all that, you know, um, but you don't want a guy who's also going to take away, you know, reps from a younger guy who's, who's improving. And they really, I mean, they basically could only afford a minimum wage guy. So I don't know. Can you find a six year veteran who's going to take the minimum? I mean, I have guys who are, have, who are hanging around that long are probably good enough to get paid more than that. So I'm not sure there's anybody out there who fits the description who would be, who would be worth it. There might be. Um, I would still rather have the quarterback than receiver. You can make an argument for both for either. 
if they had their druthers, I'm sure they'd do both. I just, I'm just not sure they can spend the money on it. Defensively speaking, now, uh, you know, Joe Barry did his best to kind of deflect the, hey, by the way, you have eight first-round draft choices because obviously two of them are banged up right now. But how much better is this defense going to be, do you think? Because I, in my opinion, they got to be close to top ten if they're going to support an offense that's finding its way. Oh, yeah, I think they've got to be in the top ten. I mean, I thought last year after the, all the moves they made, what they had done, you know, the second half of the previous season, I thought they were going to be a top five defense last year. Couldn't have been more wrong. They were right in the middle of the pack. Um, so I, I don't, you know, they're kind of, in my eyes, they're, they're guilty till proven, till proven innocent. So I don't know. Um, I'll believe it when I see it, not having Gary at the start of the year will probably hurt. It's going to take him a while to get into, um, you know, to get into playing shape, uh, to where, you know, he's in really good form and, and making a difference. Uh, but yeah, I would agree completely if they're going to be a 500 team or better, you know, with this young quarterback, they've got to be a really good defensive team. So the defensive front, uh, you've got Devontae White, who at the end of the season last year flashed. And I know you guys, uh, you watched the film with Eric Baranchek, and I thought, boy, if he can take that next step, if Quay Walker can take that next step, they've got a decent rotation of bodies. They get anything out of T.J. Slayton or any of the guys they just drafted because they play nickel most of the time anyway with only two down linemen that could go from a weakness to somewhat of a force if they're good at stopping the run, as Ben alluded to numerous times. Yeah, you know, just if you think about it, the difference between being, you know, good and not so good, that can be just a, a couple players, one or two players. I mean, look at last year with Watson and Nixon, the second half of the season, the Packers were a, a pretty decent team with both of those guys. Before that, you know, before Nixon was returning kicks, and before when Watson before Watson returned from his injury, you know th- this was a not a very good team. So it's all it takes is a couple guys on either side of the ball. So if Wyatt makes the kind of jump you're talking about, that alone could make a could make a big difference. It's funny, you know, uh, early in the year because he was only playing what like five or six snaps a game, mm-hmm. and I could kind of I was like I can see why they're not playing him because there would be one or two run plays where he just get blown out of there, and right. uh, so I was thinking yeah I understand why they're not playing him, but. When they had, when they were forced to play him, you know, down the stretch last season because Lowry got hurt, uh, he played pretty well. So I wonder if they, in the end, they probably made a mistake in not force feeding Wyatt onto the field early in the season. They might have had a guy who was helping them more, you know, from November on if they'd played him early. The uh, the secondary. Do you like the pickups at safety? I you know, I don't know how you can really think they're, you know, maybe they get lucky and they, they stumbled onto somebody just like they have at other positions, you know, in the past couple of years and signing these uh, bargain guys. But uh, chances are a lot better. It's just going to be, you know, I mean, who knows who's going to come out of training camp as the uh, starting safety opposite mm-hmm. Savage, and we know the issues he had last year. So uh, if I were them, I'd be pretty concerned about the safety position overall. Yeah. Um, now, how do you think they're going to use Savage? Because last year, Savage found his way into the doghouse and then came out. And then there was some discussion inside the locker room that maybe there's some other things going along off the field that they weren't happy with or maybe that he was dealing with. And then on the field, he gets used differently at the end of the season and starts to play a little bit better. So where do you think they're going to use him? You know, I really thought they might move him to the nickel guy. And they're not doing that. Keyshawn Nixon's going to start camp as their nickel guy. So I think they're. it sure looks to me like they're going to play him like a regular safety. I do like to have his speed in the middle of the field, but 
you know, to, to for the range sideline to sideline on the deep balls. But um, I'm just not sure that's his strength as far as, you know, reading those things, playing the ball in the air. He's not the greatest at playing the ball in the air. So mm-hmm. I don't know. If I were them, I'd try to get him closer to the line of scrimmage as much as possible. But the premise of this defense is you stop the run with as few, with as few guys as possible. And you try to keep your both your safeties deep, so then you can do more uh, double teaming and coverage. Did you like what you heard out of Joe Barry yesterday? I don't know that I heard anything different than you know what he, what he's always said, and um, it's it's all just it's all noise. You know, he's uh, he's Mister Positive. He's Mister. All these players are great, and everything's you, you know really good, and you know they're going to be good, and expectations are high. But all that matters is what how they play on the field. And, um, you know, like I said, after last season, you know, maybe they'll be a good defensive team this year. They got pieces for sure. I think there's potential there. But, I mean, for me, they're, they're guilty until proven innocent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like overall on paper what they have. Now the two biggest question marks are going to be, can Stokes come back from that ankle injury? And then at what point and how effective will he be when Sean Gary comes back from that ACL I mean, at least you have Van S who can kind of – you can massage in with Engabari and company and play office in Preston Smith. But your secondary, you're kind of relying upon Stokes to come back and, and be that counter, aren't you, a little bit? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, I think they, the one thing at least I think they learned from last season is that Douglas is not a nickel guy. So I don't think they have any plans to move Douglas to nickel – whenever Stokes is ready to go. So it sure looks to me like they're going to rotate Alexander, Stokes, and Douglas on the outside, and Keyshawn Nixon is going to be their, their nickel guy, at least when all those guys are healthy. Um, so, you know, I just thought, I think it'll be a matchup thing and a game plan thing, you know, depending on the speed at receiver, and mm-hmm. it'll be a way to get guys some rest during, during games, you know, the, the starting outside guys. Um, but I'm not sure – his impact is going to be as big as we would have thought when they took him in the first round. And part of that is Douglas ended up being a good player, but also that Douglas isn't a slot guy and Stokes isn't a slot guy. And I don't think they want to put Alexander in the slot a lot either. So what are they going to do in the slot? Nixon's it, it sure sounds like Nixon's their guy. Um, he played a decent amount of it last year because of the injuries and it's you know, from what they said at the draft. And then uh, this week, it sounds like he's going to be, He's getting first shot at that nickel job, and I think they're assuming that he's going to hold it. Is there depth there? I mean, I, like you said, no. I mean, if, if Rasul's not the guy and, and Stokes isn't back and, you know, you've got Jair on the outside, you don't have a lot of depth there then, do you? No, I mean, you know, they get an injury, then, of course, they can move, you know, Douglas or Alexander in there, and, you know, they'll be kind of they'll be okay, but you, you want to be better than okay. You know, the way they describe it, and I've heard other coaches say this too, is the nickel position is just such a specific position. Uh, it's different than the outside to know all the assignments, to the way you play guys, you know, because they got the two-way go. A guy can go, you know, to either sideline where if they're lining up outside, there's not much room on the outside, you know, to the, to, the, to the side that they're on. There's not much room there. Uh, so it's, it's just a totally different position than playing outside corner. So they want someone who's playing there, all the time and that's their only job so they know their assignments inside and out so they want one guy to do that they don't want to be moving bouncing guys around at all uh so how, I, it, oh, sure, I'm sorry. it sure sounds like nixon's the guy 
So how, uh, you know, I guess when you put Savage in and whatever other safety absolutely, you know, actually makes the makes the, the grade to start, do you, you, I can't imagine you're just playing straight out two safeties, two safety high. I mean, w- what is the best position? And going back to the Savage question, if Savage isn't going to roll up on guys inside slot, then where does Savage go that he's utilized the best? Yeah, I'm curious to say, and they're not going to tell us. You know, they, they don't reveal right. stuff in the off season because they don't want, you know, teams who are doing their game planning now for the first month of the season, they don't want them to know. Um, so I'm curious, too, because I don't – I mean, maybe in dime, but they don't play dime very often. Maybe in dime right. they'll bring Savage up to the slot. But, you know, the, one of the – I mean, one of the premises of this, you know, this daily defense is – you want to keep both safeties back if at all possible so you can do all sorts of combo coverages and but to do that you need to be able to stop the run with six guys so as long as they're stopping the run okay i'm guessing they're going to play savage deep more often than not but maybe they have different plans and um you know that's one of another one of their big projects of the off season and maybe we'll see something different than we we saw last year Hey, Pete, real quick before I let you go, special teams. We know Keyshawn Nixon's going to be returning the kicks. Jaden Reed, could he be returning punts or somebody else? And then obviously the kicking situation. It's, uh, you know, for as much as we talk about the loss of, you know, Rodgers and Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb and Al Lazard, it it is somewhat, uh, you know, unceremonial for Mason Crosby to just very quietly ride off into the sunset if they find themselves another kicker. It's a little sad, but it's also points it's also a pretty dramatic change and Keyshawn Nixon flipped the field numerous times in the second half of the season last year that really benefited them during that four-game win streak so for as much as we poo-poo special teams it's important man oh Nixon was Nixon and Watson are the guys that turned around their seats the Packers season last year that second half of the season that's huge Um, I would guess as long as I would think as long as he's catching the ball well they'll want him to do it but you know if he's their nickel guy he's going to be out there all the time on defense, I mean, they play nickel 80% of the snaps, 80 or more percent. Right. Um, so maybe they do want to have the the rookie return on the punt. I, uh, I can only assume they're going to have Nixon back down the kickoffs. I mean, he's a right. really, really good kickoff returner. He looked pretty good on punts, too, but he has less experience doing that. And yeah. so maybe they just to get him a little rest, they'll have the rookie do it. All right, bud. Great stuff. Appreciate the insight. And we will talk again real soon, okay? Sounds good, Bill. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy, talk to you soon. There you go. Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, a really good breakdown. And that's when you bring up that secondary, you think, okay, Savage was good when they ran certain defenses and he was actually playing like a slot. And so if Nixon's going to be your slot, unless you go to dime, you know, now again, maybe Darnell Savage, you know, finds himself this year and plays a much better safety overall, but – it seemed like he kind of got pigeonholed into that last year. So, and he played it well at the end of the season. Don't get me wrong, but oh man, it's uh, there's a lot of guys that can play specific positions, but at some positions via depth, you don't necessarily have that. So, um, I, it's I'm looking forward to seeing how training camp begins to shake out. I, I really am. I got to admit, eight seven seven eight six seven. 1670, if you've uh, 
Got something to say? Say it. We'd love to hear from you. Our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino say, hey, don't forget tomorrow, 400 grand cash and prizes. They are making it rain like boulders on your head when it comes to money. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. Whether it's the Northern uh, Northern Lights uh, and the Dream Dance Steakhouse, whether it's Ryu, uh, which is the uh, the Asian cuisine, the 360 bar, they've got terrific food. The sports book is now open. The uh, bingo is open. The hotel wide open and ready to go. Great weekends, great times, great people, great place. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com for Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.